This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 635, brought to you by... Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code iFanboy at checkout. And iFanboy listeners, just like you.
635. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. This is both our 900th and our 901st audio show, Josh. How does how is that possible? <laughs> it's it's the 900th one we're recording. It's the 901st that we're releasing because there's going to be a show that we're recording later behind the show. I see what you're saying. I see what you're getting at. But this is crazy. I was looking at our our database and it said 899 shows and I was like oh shit between all the audio shows over the years uh we this is our 900th recording so then if you count the video show we were well over a thousand releases oh for sure we did like 300 video shows not counting the minis counting the minis I don't even know how many minis there were but there was at least it doesn't matter the point is this is our 900th audio show recording. I think the point is, what do you people want from us? <laughs> <laughs> what more can you ask? <laughs> we, but but still, but still, more is asked, and and I'd like to say thank you. And more is given um, as and well. I'd also like to then say, go over to uh, Patreon.com/slash. No, um, <laughs> we, that was just that was just low. That was a that was little Bill Josh. in Unforgiven would say that was the move of a man of low character. Yeah, we know. We are. <laughs> We, we know. <laughs> we are on Fanboy, and we know. Every <laughs> week we read our stack of comics, and one of us picks their favorite. It's not yours, and we know. Uh, and we call that the pick of the week, and we talk about that book. We talk about other books from the week, and the patron pick, and uh, some others. There's a lot of stuff to be talked about, and there's only the two of us. We it's know that, too. You know, the thing it with is, those three of us was you can talk less. Well, as you know, that's not an issue for me <laughs> so much. Well, sometimes, you know, you've got a week where you're just like, eh. That's true. Let those guys talk. That's true. I'll give you that. Not um, here. We're that, professionals. Yep. No dead air. <laughs> dead air right now. It's <laughs> The idea here is that we're going to have a good time. Sounds like we're having fun already. I'm exhausted. Like I don't know why I'm exhausted, uh-huh. but I feel like you, know, you were talking last week about the, 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 the tired feeling in your eyeballs. Yeah, 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 yeah. My whole head feels like that, and I don't know why. <laughs> so just warning. Heads up, everyone. All right. So there's that warning. There's also your spoiler warning. There's a review show. We're going to be talking about what happened in the books. There will be some spoilers. Exercise your caution. Connor, you yeah. had the pick of the week. I did. Go for it. Do you remember, was it last week where you said yeah. it was a hard week? Yeah. Uh, I had the opposite problem this week where I had like yeah. three or four, maybe even five books where I was like, oh, wow, this is terrific. Yeah, it was good. Doctor Strange 390, the final run for Donnie Cates, and the I guess the final run for this epic of Doctor Strange. I it read it fairly early on in the stack, and I was like, I, I, I don't know how anything's going to beat that. And then I read like th- a b- bunch of more books that were really good, but at the end of it, I was like, well, you know what? Nothing did beat Doctor Strange 390. So... This is a wrap-up issue. It's your epilogue after the big old events of the previous arcs with, with Hell being in Vegas and the super super magic teams that had to come together to defeat it. And at the, at the end of that story, we had Doctor Strange heading home, realizing he had to talk to Zelma. Zelma. And, and uh, I wanted to call her Velma for a second. He had to sort that out. He's got his ghost dog and deal with his life after all that all this happened to him since basically since Jason Aaron took over way back when. Mm-hmm. It's your classic reset issue, right? From oh look, Doctor Strange has his gray hair back, which I'd completely forgotten it was gone. 
he stopped dyeing it. And then he shaves his beard, the mustache is back, and then Zelmo leaves. And in the middle of it, you've got Spider-Man, <laughs> who was just hanging out at the Sectum Sanctorum, waiting, for, to doc- waiting for Doctor Strange, also needing to pee. And uh, he had come because he heard Doctor Strange had a spell that allowed you to talk to animals. And he really just wanted to talk to a spider. And then there's a middle bit, two-page spread of a Sunday cartoon-esque adventure of Spider-Man with his spider buddy. And I don't know. I laughed hard. I just loved this issue. As a capper to a great run, as a capper to a, a really fun... We've been reading... We've been reading Doctor Strange for a couple of years now, which is unusual. And I thought this was just a great way to set Doctor Strange back to back to zero without it feeling cheap. Mm-hmm. It felt like we have a big thing that happens in your life. You've got lots of heartache or lots of trouble. And then you sort of say, you know what? I'm going to get a haircut. I'm going to fix my hair. I'm going to clean the house. And that's this is what this issue felt like. It felt like a natural way to start things over. And I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I was kind of bummed. Like, I, I I knew the end of the run was coming up for Donnie, but I was kind of in denial about it because I, I really feel like we just got started with it. And I guess, I don't know how long he's been on it, probably a year. Right. But I really feel like we just, like, moved on from the Jason Aaron arc. So it seems weird that this is ending now. But I looked and, like, the, the artists that he's had on this run have been really great so there yes. must have been quite a bit of issues it's hard to tell these days you know we talked yes. about this before you know you never used to be able to tell by the month but now it could have been a year it could have been six months but it's been a lot of issues for sure i'll look it up we've while had, you talk we've had uh this one was fraser irving we've had gabriel hernandez walta i think rod reese but it, but then also yeah. those are all mixed up with those damnation issues so those you know there were a lot of issues basically and a lot of stuff that happened but it was just a really nice, good take, and I was like, "Oh, really? That's, that's all? That's all there is here? That's kind of a bummer." Also, I, I mean, I know, I know, uh, Donnie's doing the Venom book. Writes a good Peter Parker. Yeah, he does. It's a very good Peter Parker. I was like, "Oh, that's that's you know, it's it's got that right kind of comic book humor." You ready to get um, your you ready it, to get your mind blown? Mm-hmm. Donnie Cates wrote nine issues of Doctor Strange. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and four of Damnation. So really, twelve. It's not really like a career mark making a mark, but on it that felt thing. longer. It did. Same, yeah. It made I I would say it made a stronger impact on the character than me than maybe Jason Aaron's did because Jason Aaron's thing was basically in transition the whole time, and this was so you basically had the Loki storyline and the Damnation storyline and then this. Yeah, and the thing about Jason Aaron's run, which I did really enjoy, was that I did really enjoy it was that it was all about taking away magic yeah which we talked about we didn't really love um this was sort of coming back from that point and, well yeah i mean i guess yeah that, that was like a deconstruction kind of yeah. thing that was going on the, uh, also i just i need to point out this is this is a great great cover it's a great cover it's a really wonderful cover <laughs> like it's a great spider-man joke with no dialogue you guys in there <laughs> no and I was, i'm looking and there the edge of like his cape and his sleeve are right not quite the edge of the door in the it's dog's co- mouth is covered. It's, it's really, it's, it's good. And who amongst us hasn't done something like this? Oh, I mean, don't say I don't, anything. I don't answer the phone. <laughs> if somebody rings the doorbell, I'm not expecting a package. Like we all run and hide. And my, my, my four year old's like, there's someone shut up. 
I don't want anything to do with the people out there. Who are they? I don't know. Nothing good comes from that ever. No one's ever been glad they answered the door. You could have missed Publishers Clearinghouse handing you a giant check. Mm-hmm. I'd have seen that whole media circus coming up the driveway, though. <laughs> so well, I, I really love Fraser Irving's art in this. I, I realized yeah. he drew a little bit of an off-model Dopey or Peter Parker, but I thought it worked for the story. And, I do, too. And uh, one thing I really liked, and I don't know how they get away with this kind of thing, is that he, so Fraser Irving does all the whole kit caboodle. He does the pencil sinks and colors. Uh, was that Spider-Man was colored in his original red and black coloring, mm-hmm. which is something some people may not, may not know, but originally as conceived by Kirby and Ditko, because Kirby helped him design Spider-Man, he was red and black. The blue was a highlight color for the black, but but the uh, they didn't tell anyone that, so people just assumed he was blue and red, and that's how he became blue and red. But he was originally black and red. But anyway, he's colored black and red here for some reason. I think it's like the whole thing's just kind of muted. Yeah. And I just love this. The, I just found, yeah. the, I found the story really great. And then when they did the interlude with Spider-Man and the Spider, I just I just laughed. I've had a long week. So I yeah. just I needed Spider-Man in a dumb sweater <laughs> laying on the ground with his hands behind his head just chatting with a spider about the life of the spider. I like, I like the drippy Spider-Mandibles <laughs> just to make it extra creepy the whole time. <laughs> You mean you don't use your webs to kill people and eat them? <laughs> it's pretty good. And it's all pretty good. Also, the relationship between Spider-Man and Ghost Dog, which his name I can't remember. Yeah, uh, was kind of like Deadpool and Yukio from Deadpool Two, but you didn't see that. No, I liked that a lot. I liked it because I think the more not obvious choice, but the more common choice would be that. Like they didn't like each other. Right. Or that like the dog was annoyed by it or something like that. But instead they were just both they were both equally enamored with each other the entire time, full stop. Like dope, talking dog, dope, Spider Man. And it's just kinda like yep. awesome. And also I really like the resolution to the Zelma Doctor Strange romance thing. Because we we talked about this last time when suddenly he decided he was in love with her. It, it, that didn't feel Real. It didn't feel yeah. like it felt like they were telling us he was in love instead of showing us they were in love. Mm-hmm. And so here it's kind of like, yeah, this isn't going to work. I'm going to leave. And <laughs> she leaves. And I was like, great. Perfect. So we're, we're back to zero. Dr. Strange has got his sweet ass mustache and his great temples. And he's got no sudden girlfriend. And he, the only thing he does have is he has a, I guess he sells the ghost dog. He has remarkable cheekbones. He's a good-looking dude. <laughs> He's sleeping comfortably, so... Yeah, somebody's going to have to show up. So I believe Mark Wade know. is coming up next for this. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's not according Dan the, Slott or something? According to the essay in the back. Okay. Yeah. Just I think I, I think I saw Dan Slott's coming on to something else. That's Iron Man. That's we'll the one. We'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah, Mark Wade's coming on next. They just did a big creator shuffle, and that's why this is coming out. But this is a really fun... Epilogue, and I always love yeah. these, these stories. And the Fraser Irving art was terrific. And Donny Cates really can write Spider Man. So if they're looking for another Spider Man writer, uh, he's right here. He's well, the right thing here. is, no one wants to do that. <laughs> Don't be you the know, first like, guy after slot. Be the second guy. They. <laughs> that's a really good. That's very funny. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. So Doctor Strange three ninety, really terrific capper to this, I guess twelve issue run by Donny Cates, but also. Really a capper to the entire run that started with Jason Aaron 
as they brought out Doctor Strange again because of the movie and all that stuff. But it's been a great run, and I'm glad the book is continuing in some form. I'll keep reading it. I've, I've had fun. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I I feel like, I mean, this is this is this is so jaded, but like I, I feel like I really liked a new voice on it, a new person who was also really good at it, mm-hmm. and I found that I that was exciting to me. I feel like I kind of know what to expect from Mark Wade, but that doesn't mean that he won't surprise me, but it makes me less excited. Like it's, it's, you know, he's not a bad choice. That'll that'll be okay. But, but I, I, I hear an undertone of Mark Wade and Mark Wade stories at this point. And that's because he's so vocal about everything that he thinks all the time. And you see it like I can read him in it, which isn't always bad, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I like to get away from No, for sure. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can, it, you can it's, in, it's his politics are in Captain America. It's not a bad thing. I don't disagree with it or whatever. But like I'm like, oh, there's that's Mark Wade talking. I had that problem with Champions. I dropped off Champions for that reason. Is that Mark Wade? It was Mark. I don't know if it right. still is, but it was when I was reading it. Yeah. Right. And and sometimes that works. Yeah, for you know, sure. Kind of it works for Captain America for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about Moon Knight, which was a contender for pick of the week. Am I crazy or did it take like a hard left turn into Wackyville? I I. I have two thoughts. Yeah. I have two thoughts. Uh, one is that I really like the range that this this uh, Max Bemis, I don't know how to say it, Bemis Bemis, is showing. Mm-hmm. I like that the book is very, very flexible. Yeah. I, you know, if you think about the first arc that we had, which was really interesting, but kind of in that comic book superhero-y vein, wasn't super wacky. It was kind of straightforward for a, a Moon Knight book. Then we had that weird holocaust survivor story and then this is like another thing so it's like he's throwing everything at us that he can and i really like that i don't love this story right i like everything that it's doing you know what i mean i i i'm gonna preface like at the end i wasn't like that was a great story but i was like i thought it was really well done i thought the choice of uh who's that paul davidson is the artist was really interesting and really right for what this story was and I, I liked the leap taken by it but i don't know that i loved reading it i don't know if i can explain why but it felt kind of like chew okay paul davidson is a very indie styled artist you know not your traditional superhero type of artist and i think i think when the story started getting i think the non-moon night scenes i think for some reason i think the it's just the way that he draws the bodies felt a little mm-hmm. exaggerated in the way that rob Guillory sometimes not sometimes yeah. draws bodies. So like, they've got like big heads and skinny bodies and like that that first page where we're meeting these these strange people who want to all merge into one. They've all kind of got these exaggerated body types and not in a in a weird way, not in like yeah. a sexy way. And the, the scene in the bed felt very. I don't know what felt too like it just did. And I think why I like this is because it's completely different than the last arc. Mm-hmm. And it's the same writer. I mean, it just this is not the same tone. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it, and that's what I think I liked really it. really impressive. Yeah, I was like, whoa, what happened? Uh-huh. And I also just like uh, the panel where they get, so Moon Knight gets, so there's these people who want to merge into one person, and obviously they become this grotesque monster that keeps, if they touch you, you, you merge into their giant mass of bodies, and you can you can make that into whatever metaphor you want that to be, but... Uh, Moon Knight gets touched at the end and gets sucked in, and then there's a scene in his head where the, his personas are like, "What? What the fuck?" And that that panel just made me laugh for some reason. I I, I just I needed some laughs this week, and it was just, uh, it was a week for that. And the final page, where we're sort of in the head of the monster, also felt very chew like to me. I just I just like I thought this was fun and unexpected. 
it's basically like I, I don't like surrealism very much. Yeah. And this veered into that a lot, which sure. is usually my problem with Moon Knight. Again, there is nothing objectively wrong with that. It's just not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not reading the Terrifics, right? No, I keep thinking about it. I think I tried to read the first one because I really like Mr. Terrific, but mm-hmm. it, I kind of didn't grab me. I think you can jump um, on here with, with the Terrifics number four because this is the first issue with new artist Dark. Evan Doc Shaner, colors by Nathan Fairburn. We've been saying forever that that Doc Shaner needs to be on a DC book as a regular artist. He, he I, I don't, I still don't know why he hasn't had his moment. Like professionally, like you know, art comic artists know like, oh, this guy is the guy who has it. You know, like he's he's ready. He, yeah. he has a great style. Yeah, he's terrific. <laughs> I didn't even mean to mean to say that, but there it is. He has that really <laughs> clean DC style that is perfect for this universe. You know what he would have been great on? He would have been great as a Justice Society artist when Jeff Johns was writing it. 100%. This issue proves that out. Also, he's doing one of the Bendis Man of Steel issues, so I don't know what's coming out of that or not. Well, that means Bendis recognizes, like, come on. Yeah. Which is always a good thing for somebody. Ask David Marquez. Sure. So here, the Terrifics, who are now basically a full-fledged team because they're all stuck together in, in that they can't go far away from each other without causing extreme pain from from the dark matter that they went through at the end of metal. It didn't matter. That's not important. <laughs> I think that's why I didn't make it too far to the yeah. first issue. Once you get past the conceit of why they are stuck together, it's a fun mm-hmm. thing. You've got This is Jeff Lemire on writing duties, and it, it's sort of in the vein of Black Hammer in that it is a pastiche. So this is sort of a take on the Fantastic Four with, with the personalities and body type powers all being sort of mixed together. You've got the thing like Metamorpho. You've got Plastic Man, who is the personality of Johnny Storm, but the powers of Mr. Fantastic. You have Mr. Terrific, who is the, who is the smart Mr. Fantastic type. You have, uh, I guess this is Phantom Girl, who is like Invisible Woman, but she uh, is immaterial instead of invisible. So you've got this sort of take on the Fantastic Four doing these cosmic adventures and here they go back to i can't even say her name her name has like no consonants in it but her planet and adventures that happen it's, it's a fun cosmic story and doc shaner's art is amazing in it in, and i'm looking forward to him now finally getting regular constant ongoing work from dc comics hopefully it really like he he's i haven't actually seen a ton of his sequential work because i don't think there's been a ton of it i've seen a lot of sketches over the years he yeah. did he did that book with Jeff Barker for a while. Yeah, a couple books with Jeff Barker. The one we read, read for a those. bit. This is almost a little more smoothed out and mainstream. Johnny Quest? No. Yes. Like yeah. uh, no. Yes, but there was also it was like Future Quest. I think. Future Quest. That was it. But th- this feels like it's been smoothed out and mainstreamed a little bit. Um, Nathan Fairbairn doing sort of a a, a little more straightforward. But it's like it's like if uh, Mike Allred wasn't weird. <laughs> if that makes sense, which is a great compliment. It's supposed to be anyway. It's really good looking. Yeah, it's, I'm so happy to finally be reading a book that he's drawing uh, yep. regularly. Hopefully, he's doing it regularly. Hopefully, I mean, it'd be, he'd be perfect for Superman. I don't know if that's you know in yeah. the cards for him, but I mean, he he needs to be on, on the rotation for DC. I don't know why it's taking this long. Maybe he's an asshole. That could Just be. Just kidding. I I I don't think he is. <laughs> A lot of times, though, I'm not, I totally I don't meet him because I he's a very nice guy. I like him a lot, but like a lot of times, they're like, "Why isn't that guy?" I just think the background is like maybe he's awful to work with. You Could know? be. <laughs> That's a thing. I that is not the case with with Evan, but um, that was a joke and it came out the wrong way. But we've had like three or four times where Bendis has said goodbye to Marvel, and here we finally have his final issue at Marvel. 
I like the last one better. Invincible Iron Man 600, yeah. Uh, he wrote his good goodbye letter in the pages of Spider-Man 240, but here, this is his final issue, which features an all-star cast of artists who he's worked with over the years. Stefano Caselli, Alex Maleev, Dave Marquez, Daniel Acuna, Leno Francis Yu, Jim Chung, Diodato Jr., and then Bagley, of course. Yeah, I didn't really like this. <laughs> so I've been a booster for these two Iron Man books the whole run. Yeah. I was like, you know, it was really, I, I mean. We, I, mean, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't really like it, if that makes We sense. say return to form a lot. Sure. I'm going to go ahead and say that. But it, it felt like, I was like, oh, I'm really, I'm excited about reading these Bendis books. And if you listen to our recent Booksplode episode where people were shocked at our glee, <laughs> you know, it was, it felt like we were recapturing some of that. And it like, you know, the conceit of doom being a good Iron Man is mm-hmm. dumb, but it was really good. And, and I was really happy. And this just felt like a, all right, we got to wrap this up. Which was what happened. It, it is. And it was, and it was unsatisfying because of that, especially um, we're getting, it's, it's kind of another closet thing here with what happened to doom. Those of you who don't know, I'm referring to New Avengers number 26, 27, I forget, where right. Hawkeye looks in Scarlet Witch's closet, and we never find out. And he goes, oh, and then we never find out what it is. But, you know, this was hastily wrapped up. The thing with uh, the the hood was, I don't know, it just... Did we know the hood was like an alien? I don't know. I don't remember that. I don't like any... I don't like it. I don't like the Doom... The, the Doom thing I found really, really bugged me like he made a big sacrifice or whatever and then he disappears and goes off somewhere and that's well it's only a closet moment if it's never dealt with again the closet i know but he's not gonna tell that he won't but somebody will i know that but that's gonna be worse because everything that he had in mind would have tied back into it now somebody else is gonna come up with a ad hoc solution at the end of it to explain that and explain tony stark as the sorcerer supreme while quoting fucking ben kenobi (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't that didn't bug me as much as i really and I, we've talked about this i really hate the parentage issue i yeah i do too yeah I, yeah yeah the dad thing really bothers me i hate that he's i don't i don't know why there there has to be a reason why other than bendis is a big proponent of adoption he has a lot of adopted kids but if you're talking about the one hero whose parentage should have been really important to him mm-hmm. uh, genetically it was tony stark and I don't know why they, they changed that. I really that that's always bugged me. You're right. Super comic booky. What? Those were never your parents, whatever, but like like having his mom be fucking Joan Jett is Yeah, dumb. and then his dad is a was a hydra, a hydra agent. Yeah. yeah, but like the idea of like Howard's the story of Howard Stark being his father was a better story. Yeah. And I've seen so many versions. I'm tr- I'm getting them mixed up now between the movie ones where he get the kid the parents get murdered in the car by the fucking winter soldier that was the movie yeah 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 and and there's this like it's it's let 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 this be this tell the story with the character that's that's an innovation that didn't need to be i think what started off weirdly is is it tied into hickman's shield book that came out this week which i didn't read because i I don't remember what happened in it because it came out six years ago (laughs) yeah the the leonardo da vinci thing there was was just there was almost nothing in here that i was like oh that was awesome i was like okay okay right okay okay it looked great. The art was terrific. His his all star cast of artists were on point. You know, it's fine. I, I had been really enjoying. Once you got me to read these Iron Man books, I had been really enjoying them all. Right. It just ended a little bit of a whimper, which is too bad because you know Bendis's run on Marvel has been really important, and mm-hmm. uh, 
It's just it is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer, but I, you know they can't all be. This shouldn't have been the last thing he did. They should have rescheduled or something. Like it just doesn't. I mean, I assume that because of all the artists, this was this was late, and that's why Spider Man wasn't the last issue. Yeah, yeah, you know. And the yeah. thing is, they don't ever have to deal with the future where Tony is the Iron Sorcerer Supreme. It just could just be a fun thing Bendis did because there's a million future versions of every character. You know, I nothing know. is set in stone. But then, what's the point of it at all? Like yeah. he's not gonna like to put it something there and not pay it off is is I don't know. Then it's cheap. In the future, it's Kurt Wagner. So it's Nightcrawler, yeah. and who's the girl? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't sure about that at all. No touching. It's an Arrested Development joke. I don't know. It's been a great run. It's true. I enjoyed this run, even if I didn't love the final issue. And I'm 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 gonna read Tony Stark Iron Man number one by Dan Slott because I like Iron Man. Mm. I'll see. Give it a shot. Mm. Why not? I'll. You let me know. Oh, you know, it'll be the same you thing. Let, it'll be like me doing for you what you did for me. Right. Okay. Well, if it's amazing, then let me know. If it's not amazing, I don't care. What if it's just invincible? I don't think I don't. I don't. I. I, don't, I was trying to think of something clever, and I was like, I think you stumped me. I was gonna say I'm. I'm better than that, but I'm not better than that. Okay. So I guess we should talk about Mac Weldon. Yeah. Should we talk about Mac Weldon. It's been a while, but let's do it. Here's what I it, – it's easy to because uh, it's better than whatever it is you're wearing right now unless you're wearing it, which I am. <laughs> then you know what it's like. Uh, Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and, key, and premium fabrics. So uh, you're, you've, you're, you're a fan. Yes. You're a, you're a, you're a, a patron. I the, just ordered a bunch sense. of new stuff. Yeah? And I'm waiting excitedly for my new underwear and socks. That I ordered from what them. did you? Now we've done this before. Yeah. When we got some shirts, we got some underwear, we got some yeah. socks. Yeah. Did you decide you needed more of that, or did you go to venture out of? I that? tried some new things, so okay. I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes, and we'll report back on a future ad read about Mac Weldon. But I bought a couple of pairs of their silver underwear line, which is their naturally antimicrobial line of clothing. I have some of those. I bought two pairs of those. That's exciting. And then uh, I bought some socks. You know, it's summertime's coming up, so I bought some of those low-rise socks that you can't see under your sh- shoes because I wear shorts in the summertime when it's hot out. Sure. You can't have your socks hiked up like some kind of ugly dad. No, you can't be doing that. That's terrible. <laughs> I bought, I think, three pairs of socks and two pairs of underwear, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what's what with that. But I know Mac Weldon wants me to be comfortable, and the thing about uh, Mac Weldon is if you don't like your first pair of underwear... That you order from them. If you're like, you know, I'll check this out. Yeah, you, you you wear it, and for some reason, I can't imagine what it would be, but for some reason, you don't like the underwear. You can keep it, and they will still refund you the money with with no questions asked. That's the, their commitment to quality and customer service, which is crazy. It's good stuff. I I ordered. I got a bunch more of the 18 hour underwear. Uh-huh. I like them a great deal. I have some of the other kind too. Do you find um, yourself wearing underwear for 18 hours straight? Yeah, that's probably about right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I sleep like not enough, so it makes about <laughs> sense. If we're not, yeah, that's about right. Like to the long term, is that it has maintained its uh, softness and its 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 uh, form, right? Which is important, is what it, I'm saying. Yeah, and it's comfort, right? I, I, mm-hmm. I wore actually. You know what? I forgot. I'm wearing my Mac Weldon socks today. 
Oh, look at that. Look at you. Look at that. I have two things on. That was unintentional. But you know what the thing? I, I did wear a pair the other day, and I was marveling. It was one of those pairs that doesn't roll. Mm-hmm. First of all, still- I don't know how they do that, but it's still not rolling. It's yeah. holding integrity. You know the old cliche joke from the 80s stand-up? Why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? Like, mm-hmm. why don't all underwears not roll? Come on. We have the technology now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. We like it a lot yeah. at the point that we're getting yeah. at. I have a, I have a, um, a little uh, travel bag. I got the little travel bag. Oh, you did? Accessory. Yeah, I don't have it yet, So, but it's on the way. I'm excited, so we'll tell you about that the next time that comes along. Been through the website a bunch of times. It's easy to find what you need. It's all laid out really, really well. I don't, I don't know if I can pick a favorite right now, but it's hard for me not to get – it was hard for me not to get more of those underwear because I wanted to make sure I could go a long stretch sure. without having to – without having to go to one of the others I have. I think the non-roll underwear is my favorite. That's that's mm-hmm. that's what I wear like on a long plane trip or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's nice. It's comfortable. Well, there you go. If you can go to MacWeldon.com, you enter the promo code IFANBOY at checkout. It's going to give you 20% off your first order. That's a good deal, and you should definitely check them out. Like we said, if you don't like it, they'll, they'll refund you. But yeah. 20% off and a, and a refund if you don't like it? How, I mean, there's really no point in not, in not trying, at least giving it a shot at MacWeldon.com. Now, you will not let Detective Comics go. Well, I wanted to mention it because it's the final issue for James Tinney in the fourth. Okay. And we've been on this for a while, and I also wanted to mention... So has Eddie Barrows. Yes, on and off, for sure. I wanted to mention it because in conjunction with its buddy Flash, because they come out in the same week, they're same weeks, again, we're dealing with more uh, New 52 stuff. You know, what is the what is the reality? What is real? What isn't real? And... Uh, in terms of continuity, you know, because you're they're fighting the old Tim Drake from the from the old continuity, who is now somehow older, some, so he somehow kept aging, even though the continuity changed. I don't know how that works, but it ends here with everyone being happy with each other again. The conflict between Batwoman and Batman has been has been resolved. Cassie Kane is going to be trained by Barbara to be not only a better fighter but a more rounded human being. Clayface goes off into the night. Basically, that team that they formed is dissolved. It ends with Tim packing up the car at Wayne Manor and him and Stephanie driving off into the future. But what Tim says is he's not going to college. He's going to investigate why there is an alternate reality and what happened. So clearly, they're doing something. They're doing something. They have to be. All right. If they're not doing something, you wouldn't have these characters doing this stuff. Well, we've said that before. Unless it's just a slow... Knife twist. And we're just waiting for the Watchmen to sort it all out. So let's, you know, let's I'm not even convinced that's what's going to happen now. Who knows what's happening with that story. But Exactly. So, I mean, we we just talked about it in Iron Man. Like, look, just because it looks like they're doing something. It's just just strange. It says, what you guys ran into on Brother Eye's computer about diverging timelines, I have so many questions, and we have all the time in the world to find out the answers to them. No, we don't, Dan DiDio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not all the time in the world I'm like 40% convinced they're never going to do anything they're just going to twist the knife for, for the, well, forever I mean, but the thing you know better like we've been saying forever that you know the, the point of the modern mainstream superhero comic book is to maintain the status quo you know that but the status quo can't constantly be teasing about the old status quo they have that to just is, move on that is the status quo <laughs> the status quo is pain yeah Let's talk about the Flash Forty Seven, which is similar. Do we have to? Just it's because well, I you, hold on. I just before we get into this, you didn't like it. I'm just saying, 
I have been supportive. Mm-hmm. I got back on The Flash for the first time. Had Josh Williamson on the show to talk about The Flash. <laughs> go ahead. You, you go ahead. And well, say I your think thoughts. what you're saying is the more that bleeds in from the old continuity, the less you're enjoying it. Well, there's because a lot this of... is this is all I know old continuity Flash stuff. Well, that's why I don't usually bring it up because most of the old continuity stuff I'm fine with, but the Flash is one where. And in here, so you've got the 25th century reverse Flash task force, a.k.a. the Renegades. But they're also from the pre-52 worlds. Because when they go back to the future and you see all the images on the screen, they're all of the old Flash family from before. Max Mercury, Impulse. That's all old school stuff. Yeah. And then, But I wanted to mention it mostly because Howard Porter drew it. And there's a flashback to the JLA from Morrison's era, which he drew. So that was fun. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this. I, I mean, Howard Porter, I think, is the... The first thing to like about it, if, yeah. if you ask me, you know, it has a ton of energy, a ton of verve. It's really fun. In general, I don't like the storyline of what is promised by the cover. Barry and Wally being angry at each other. I knew reading this, uh, you were going to dislike it because you hate when the heroes fight. I do. Yeah, I do. I don't, I'm not here for that. And and like the whole point is these are, you know, brothers or fathers and sons or whatever it is, these mentoring relationships. And you can do it a little bit, but this has been going on for what would be six months, but it's probably only three months. <laughs> it's just like a long time. Like, let them have a fight, but let the fight get over. I don't want a lingering. I don't care. Like, I don't want that as superhero comics. We talked about that a lot. And then at the end, though, to tease the existence of the Mark Wade uh, West twins was too much. They're abomination. We we they talked are, about this back in the back when they were around in the comics. Oh, you know what? Got to update the spreadsheet. <laughs> I hate the West uh, Flash twins. Yeah, I hate them. They don't need to exist. They're right up there with Alfred's severed hand or whatever. <laughs> all the things like, and we had gotten rid of them. And this is what comics does. Like they do something dumb, and then everyone hates it, and then they finally get rid of it. And just when you think you're, oh, the century's back. Like <laughs> I've come around from the century though, so who knows? Yeah, God, who? That was Wade's return to Flash? Yeah, what Mark Wade did that. Yeah, that was not good. Anyway, I wanted I knew you wouldn't like it, but I wanted to mention the fact that between this and Detective every two weeks they, they just the heavy dose of the old continuity and I just need to I need them to tell me if something's actually gonna happen or if they're just gonna fuck with me for the rest of my comic reading life. I think you need to come to acceptance and I think you already know the answer. <laughs> Skyward number two was the second issue after the first issue was the pick of the week. Yeah, when a new book is the pick of the week. As issue one was of this, I always like to make sure that I check in on number two. (laughs) 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 I'm actually... Okay, recover, recover. Who does number two work for? (laughs) Say what you will, that first Austin Powers movie is a great movie. It's really funny. Yeah, very funny. (laughs) I can't recover. I can't can't do it. Uh, Basically, we get a further look into this world where gravity has died on us. I really... Like the idea at the beginning that I, I like the idea of the whole thing that the entire outside is scary and dangerous now for a completely new reason than it's ever been. I just think that's fantastic. But I really like the idea that out above the planet is a floating asteroid belt of shit that is in orbit that floated away from Earth. I feel like that that belt would be like ten times as big as they show it. It's yeah, like you're talking well, about everything on Earth: people, cars. Sharks, this is, ships. This is a shark. <laughs> just cows. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool idea. I just planes. That's just a close up of one area. Okay. 
So if you look on the first page, like as we pull away, we see the ring around the earth. Like yeah. in order to that have that be visible, it would have to be pretty significant. So that's just a, a cross section. I mean, this is still fun. Yeah. I don't think I love it as much as you, but I like it. I liked it. That's all I wanted to say. I like it. There is a, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bad, but like there, as soon as I'm like, oh, this, this is a TV show runner. Like I can yeah. see the pitch. No, I just see like the tropes of that medium in this, like the way to introduce things and the way to, and, and it's funny because there's a really fine line between somebody who's really professional and knows how to do that in a way that we all recognize and somebody doesn't know what they're doing at all. So they do it in some new, interesting way. And so it's just a little bit of, oh, you, you wrote a really good TV script here and turned it into this comic book. And it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I, I see it. I like the idea of the 1% being like having all having anti-grav boots and uh-huh. always being indoors. So they have no conception of life out in the, on the that sky is real, land. That is real good. The magnetic dress hem that stays down. And uh, I mean, there's a throwaway joke here about how no one wants to fund the dome over the city. But I feel like people would fund the dome over the city. Well, I feel like if you told me, we're going to tax you 90%, but you have no chance of floating off into space and dying, I would say, take my paycheck. And I think that you... Build the dome, and then we'll, be, then we'll go back. I think that you would be surprised. Choosing taxes over death? I think you would be surprised. You We don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I feel like people would fund the dome. Uh-huh. But that's all. I don't. All right. Well. You live in California. They do referendums all the time. We fund all kinds of dumb shit here. We would fund a dome. Yeah. We just wouldn't fund the means to pay for it. All right. Let's quickly step into the Star Wars dome. Quickly. This is the Star Wars room. No, 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 no. No. I just, Star Wars. I don't know if you know this, but a Star Wars movie came out this, this week. and uh, Which has become less impactful and relevant every time it happens um, now. Uh, so we had We're not doing that show Star- right now. We're doing the next. That's, that's I know later. that. The point being, though, that I was like, why are there so many Star Wars books? I'm going to do a quick check-in on all of them. Star Wars 48, Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. I, I don't know. This is the end of this weird Mon Calamari story. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It was it was okay. It was kind of cool to see the Mon Calamari. There was this sort of strange thing at the end where the, the Mon Cal's, like, deci- had to tell the Rebel Alliance, like, you don't get to make decisions for us. So... Give us the information you have and we'll deal with it. It's our own place. And they were all like – and Leia and it was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And so you know, they did the thing and basically – How are they, you feeling about it, this book, now that – It's OK. I don't I – don't, like Salvador La Roca you know, is bonded to this. You know? He, you know, he must be an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. I can tell you all day long that – I'm not kidding. Like I can tell you all day long that I don't really like his art. Mm-hmm. But somebody out there is like that guy is great to work with. Somebody told us that once. It was like, you may not like them, but they're either great to work with or always hit their deadlines or both. I, th- I mean, I think LaRocca has to be both. Yeah, and they, those people always work. Yep, and that's that's like a key thing. That's what I've decided. Like, And so the more that I see a guy whose art I don't really love but working all the time, I'm just like, man, he must be great. <laughs> so I like that. That's a nice uh, reversion on, like, oh, look, his art. It's stupid. Why is he in this? Um, anyway, it was fine. Star Wars Annual – on the other hand, over here we've got a story by Cullen Bunn, and a few different artists were on it. It's Ario Andito, Roland Bashi, and Mark Laming teaming up to do it. And this was more of a, a drawn style as opposed to the sort of digitally painted sort of right. style that you have over uh, in the LaRocca book. 
And I would take any of these artists to be on a regular Star Wars book in a yeah. second. I, just, I like the way, I like when it's done like this. This is a story of uh, Sana, the Han Solo ex-wife, mm-hmm. however that turned out. And she's selling some artifact, basically a stand-in for Dr. Aphra in a way. And it's like an old Jedi lights, old dark Jedi lightsaber, and it makes people angry. And Darth Vader is after it at the same time as – it was fine. The story was fine. But I was really – just taken by I really like the art and I was like oh drawn Star Wars art works for me so much better and all the faces you know like I know I was looking at, at Luke when I was looking at Luke and everything was cool um, right. it was okay it was okay and then finally you've got Dr. A- Dr. Afro with Cy Spurrier Dr. Afro would have been a character in the 70s and we would have looked back and cringed but at the time it would have been awesome yeah it would have been a 70s Marvel character oh yeah that's good we should, I don't think we should talk about it no. Cy Spurrier is now taken over completely from Kieran Gillen and right away, I can tell. Oh. And and it's funny because I really like this character. And I've been reading her more or less for a few years now, maybe four, three or four. And it's it's sort of the same, but it's just not the same. I And I, I really – like I found myself skipping over chunks of dialogue and story because I was like, mm. uh-huh, yep, yep. But the art is by Kev Walker, and I love Kev Walker's art. And I'm torn. I, 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 I kind of want to quit reading it, but now I feel like I'm invested in this character. It's interesting how you have, you have fully you've like stood there with your arms wide open, like Creed, mm-hmm. and you have taken Star Wars in. You've got the hooks in you, and you can't get them out, even when you're not enjoying it. It's very complicated. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> it's it's very. Stay tuned for the Star Wars uh, special edition we'll be doing on Solo, a Star Wars story, and we're going to talk about complicated. Or, or more more likely, you've already listened to it because it's going to come out first. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, you understand then. <laughs> you know what I'm going to be saying later on tonight when we record the show. It's podcasting inception is what I'm saying. It is. It is. Kev Walker. Kev Walker is a revelation. Every time, like, I'll, I will read any book he does. So you don't currently love any of the Star Wars comics. You, you may be enjoying them to certain degrees, but you don't love any of them. Correct. For various reasons. Wow, that's kind of depressing when we put it that way. Because I read all, I'm trying, you're right, I'm trying. I'm really putting an effort here. It's not to talk about it with you. You're not going to do it. You I don't like, care. Right. I don't know that the people at home care. Ron's gone. Here we are. Ron got you in this mess. It was fun to talk with him because it got him too. He was like, I, I like, this is like, you know what? This, <laughs> this is like in 2000, whenever it was, when American Idiot came out. <laughs> yeah. And every like punk kid who was a snob, and I had this conversation with a lot of people was like, that album's really good. It was really good. And like, like it was like surprised, you know, like, you know, people were like surprised. And I like, I talked to real like hardcore kids who were like, that is good. Why, why am I saying this? And then they played the crap out of it and we were fine. And then they came out with another album, 21st Century Breakdown, I think. Yeah. And it was like exactly the same thing and it was not good. <laughs> and right. we were all like, oh, this is what we expected in the beginning. And that, that was the end of Green Day. That's where I feel like Star Wars is right now. Interesting. That's a very that's a labored labored comparison that doesn't mean anything to anybody, but that's what it reminds me of. Let's talk about the patron pick over at Patreon.com/ifanboy. That's where our patrons can all vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, as there's a herd of elephants above me, Black Panther number one from Ta-Nehisi Coates, Daniel Cunha, with letters by Joe Sabino. This is the rebooting of Black Panther as Marvel slowly reboots its line again. At least number-wise. Mm-hmm. You and I had both read Ta-Nehisi Coates' 
first run on Black Panther to various lengths. I believe you didn't make it that far. Maybe three or four issues I in? I think I made it ten. Okay. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it anymore. It was confusing. I don't think he had a good handle on the form yet. You wanted to like it. Yeah. You put in the effort. Tony Zakotz is a really great writer. I've read his prose stuff. Not sure. all of it. I've read a good, a, a good portion of his prose stuff. He's a really terrific, talented writer. It's just, I, I, as often happens, I didn't think he had figured out the comics yet at the time. And I just felt it was very labored and boring and confusing. And it was too much going on. Here, though, I did not <laughs> expect any of this. I, I didn't know anything about it going in. I just, I just yeah. got it and started reading it. And I, wasn't, I was not expecting it. This would have been my pick of the week. It was, this was another contender, for sure. Yeah, this would have been my pick of the week. It, um, what we've got here is a, a not an Elseworld story, kind of an Elseworld story, but basically at some point in the past, Wakanda took off into the stars, into the galaxy, and they established beachheads, and those societies grew into a different offshoot of Wakandan society, and they became um, basically conquerors. They became an empire. Uh, the intergalactic you know. empire of Wakanda. Yep. And we have this character here who... We don't really know who he is, but he wakes up and he starts fighting. You know, he's like a, a worker slave and he, he fights his way out um, and is taken in by a band of sort of rebel folks. And they've all taken on the mantle of uh, Wakandan legends such as um, Mbaka, Mbaku or, or T'Challa. And they, they take on the names of those characters uh, in the fight against this empire. Yeah. Drawn and conceived by Daniel Acuna. I love Dan Lacuna. The guy has got something that's totally unique, but he's a great comic book storyteller. Um, has great style, and and I was I was I didn't know what this was going to be. I didn't know what to expect. It. I was looking forward to coming back in. You, you, I mean, you said like Tana Easy Coates figured out how to write comic books. Yeah, for sure. Whatever was a problem before, I didn't have a problem here. It was very focused. The characters were fun. The Cunard is terrific. You know, this is sort of like. It's sort of a Spartacus story, you know, yep. like they yeah, all, yeah. they are all Black Panther in the end. <laughs> and they, they arise T'Challa, they're all wearing Black Panther outfits as they are fighting for their freedom. And uh, I don't know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really commend Marvel for publishing this because, you know, Black Panther was one of the biggest movies of the the planet before Infinity War came out. And mm-hmm. uh, it'd be very easy for them to say, no, no, just keep doing that. But here they're like, no, he, he pitched them. I want to do Wakanda in space in the future. And they were like, sure. Well, a background on this would be that Ta-Nehisi Coates is a is comics guy. Like he's, yeah. he's a Marvel comics guy. And I'm talking 70s, 80s Marvel comics, you know, into the, into the 90s. And this is some Engelhart shit. Yeah. And and that's and and I assume that when you're, you know, extremely famous political writer like we don't have a lot of famous writers today, you know, and he's one of them. Like, you know, novelist, you know, essayist says this is the thing I want to do. They go, "Okay." But <laughs> even know? then, but he as famous as he is, it's still their property that grows, you know, 1.3 I think billion dollars. They could very easily said, "That sounds like a great idea, but right now we want to just do what's familiar." Because yeah. And they didn't. And so good for them because this was super fun. And I, I, it was, it was this and Moon Knight and the Terrifics and Doctor Strange. Those were all up there for pick of the week. This was a, this was a strong week of books. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was one of them. 
yeah, I, I read this before I knew it was going to, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this another, because I want to like it. Like I, I'm going to read Between the World and Me. I've had it like on my little to-do list for a while. I just, mm-hmm. I just haven't read it. Um, I very much want to. I love hearing him speak and hearing the way that he thinks. And so I was like, man, I want to hear that in the comics. I want to see. But the thing is, like, I think like I know what you're saying about Marvel, but also think that this is a pretty sellable story. If you don't really care about Black Panther's, you know, history oh, sure. or whatever, yeah, yeah, for, then for and sure. you're like, I want to read more of Black Panther. Like, you could sell this this book. If I'm a comic shop owner or um, you know Barnes and Noble, like, you could sell this. It's easy. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. So there you go, patron pick. Let's do the ratings on it. Ratings. I'm gonna give it a four point five. Four point two five. Ooh, all right. It's a if I have to if I had a criticism, it's a little basic. Meaning, like it's a thing I've seen, and so it might, it might, you know, have more to offer, and I think it will. But it's it's a little also ranny, but I thought it was done really well. And sticking with it, yes. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Good job, patrons. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboys, where you can sign up, and at any level you can vote. But at the five dollar or higher level, you get your own dumb superpower on the show. Josh, kick it off. <laughs> Because the, that moment that you heard right there was me going, well, I haven't thought about this <laughs> at all. And then I looked and I saw the first person is Jabba. <laughs> and then that Star- – Man, what, what timing that literally we just go down the list of patrons and Solo Weekend includes Jabba as one of the patrons. Oh, oh, oh. What, sy- what synergy? We did not plan this. So what Jabba can do mm-hmm. is that <laughs> – He can track you across the galaxy. Well, this is what this is this is what I've come up with, and it's it, I guess it's vaguely related. But he can, he can he can be on top of any object, uh-huh. and then uh, eliminate the friction between that object and the ground to make it uh, move along at speed. So, say for example that he was to stand on uh, a cinder block on each foot, yeah, and they would become they would function as roller skates. I see. So everything it's, becomes like a hoverboard. Sort of, yeah, or like yeah, a, like a like a snowboard but for any surface it's like you're constantly on a boogie board and like, he can do that so you could do that with his shoes for example like he's sort of trekking down he goes and he, he just you know activates it and then he's sliding down whatever interesting yeah all right he removes friction from from objects that contact but only his feet because you've, you've removed friction from people before no just feet based okay clay benton can turn into a puddle of water bloop just bloop but the water. Does he need to be careful about what sort of surface he is on when he does that? No, he's not going to sink. He's not okay. going to. He's not going to absorb it in the ground. But he just he just bloops new puddle of water and then re- reforms himself to a human being. Hmm. He can also talk while he's a puddle of water. Okay. Talk and hear. He can do all that stuff. So it's good for like uh, espionage. He has all of his senses. So if you walk through him, he it obviously doesn't doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Puddle of water. Okay. Ryan Kristenick. All the all the hair on Ryan's body is magnetic. Mmm. So it, so it absor- it attracts metal. Yes. Yeah, it's sort of like the reverse of one of those woolly faces things that you had <laughs> when you were a kid. Woolly woolly. Yeah, woolly woolly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not up to me to figure out how he uses it. It's up to me to tell you what it is. And all of the body hair on on Ryan is magnetic. 
So the more her sweet he is, the more magnetic it is. I'm going to go ahead and give him even more. Like he can increase the power of that magnetism. Can't shut it off, but he could make it like a fridge magnet or like one of those electromagnets. Early on in our relationship, one day Megan looked at me and started laughing and couldn't stop for about five minutes, like weeping. I didn't know what to do and just waited, I know where this is going. waited for it to finish. And she, when she finally came up for air, she said, I just realized you look like Wooly Willy. Yep. I knew that's what you were going to say. Your head shaped the same. She literally could not physically stop laughing. Well, the thing about you <laughs> is that it is possible to make avatars for you. You have, for whatever reason, you have a naturally reoccurring shape. <laughs> I remember being in college and I made a basketball team. That's of right. Players and, I, and the one that I made for you looked exactly, it walked like you. <laughs> I see you from behind all the time in the world. I've never met a person like you, but I see your form. I'm always lurking, Josh. Yeah, I know. No, I remember that avatar. What game was that? It was like an NBA. It was one of the NBA EA games. Where you made all your roommates and me as a team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you were the best one. <laughs> Clint Johnson. Uh, Clint Johnson can create a, like... Clint Johnson shows up in all of his brother Ryan Johnson's movies. <laughs> the Ron Johnson. The Ron Damn Johnson. It. So, you know, like, in the Batcave, Batman has, like, the Robin suit hanging on one of those like, invisible mannequins. You know yes. that? So yes. what Clint can do is he can create an invisible mannequin of himself, which he can use to see how his clothes are going to look. Ooh. So without having to go into the thing, like he just fills up the clothes. Yeah, just like he just puts a, you know, like gets a shirt and some jeans and shoes, and then boom. Well, that's, a, that's exactly his body shape. And, you know. I'll tell you something. If it's not dead of winter, changing clothes in those rooms, I always get all sweaty. I don't like it. <laughs> And he's avoided that completely. He doesn't have to go in the other room. He doesn't yeah. have to. How many items do you have? doesn't have to do that. doesn't have to figure out what to do with them after the fact. No. Just pick up the sweater. Bloop. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. Hangs well. Yeah. I like that, that that clothing thing only appears in drawn comic book panels. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks cool. Yeah. It is cool. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go get your dumb superpower. If you give it a $5 or higher level, we think everyone's doing that. The, I think the Pledge Drive is running for a few more months, they said on Facebook. They're going to see if they can get us to $3,000, if only to get one almost famous show out of us. <laughs> so that's the goal. Just to tick the, tick the number over 3,000 one time so Josh and I will record the almost famous show. And then if it goes back, it goes back. That's the goal. We're at, we're at about 2,700. So if you feel like hearing that show, patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can go and find that out. Also, t-shirt store, ifanboy.threadless.com, where we have our seven designs, ifanboy logo, Herm, Pick of the Week podcast, ratings. If one is a show, GDAT, nothing makes sense, nothing matters, which is still the hot seller. It has definitely buried, uh, if one is show is the number two design. Uh-huh. It's a hot seller, a hot item. So check I that like out. That. I like that. You know what? I got to buy one. In this era of... Existential dread and nihilism. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. Seems to be striking a chord. Fanboy.com slash support is where you can go and directly donate via PayPal if you don't want to give at Patreon or, or buy a t-shirt, which is all understandable things. So if you want to just throw a couple of bucks our way to help keep the show going, uh, you can do that over there. And also Fanboy.com slash Amazon. That's where you can find a link to all the Booksplode books we talk about uh, on our Booksplode shows as well as general, iFanboy, uh, general Amazon link. Thank you very much for doing all those things. Let's do one email. At least. Pick, pick, pick one. Well, let's do Wakanda, since we just talked about Black Panther. Wakanda says, I know one of you 
had donated a fair amount of comics recently. I'm curious how you did it and with whom. I have mostly modern stuff like the last 10 years that I need to get rid of. It would roughly be about 20 long boxes worth. Looking forward to getting your take on this as I need to get some space cleared up. You didn't donate anything, right? Just me and Ron? Uh, I'm sure I have. I know I've taken stacks of trades over to the library, but okay. not like the, the comics themselves. So I have a couple of pointers because I did a couple of years ago donate my entire old collection. Almost my entire. I kept I kept like two long boxes, but my other 30 long boxes. And, I, and then last year I donated like... I don't know, like 40 trades to another place. So the trades is easy. I went to, I think it was Goodwill, just dropped them off, got my receipt. Pretty easy. Because the trades are considered books, the comics were trickier because not everyone takes comics. Mm -hmm. Some places don't want them. They explicitly will say they don't take them. So what first thing you need to do is you need to... We don't serve your kind. Yeah, exactly. If you want to donate to a place, you should call and ask if they take comic book donations because that's you may truck your 20 long boxes over there and they don't take them, then you're out of luck. What curbs are for, Connor? Yeah. Well, when I did it, I was in New York and I donated to Housing Works, which is a great uh, charity that helps people with AIDS. They take comics, at least the place I did, at least the time, the time I did it, they did. It's fairly simple. I just showed up. I said, hey, I've got a lot of stuff there to donate. They send somebody out, they look at it, and they uh, take it away. Well, actually, I, I had to help carted it away but they carted it away it all happened very quickly <laughs> the one thing i would tell you if you do donate and you know you do, you do get a tax benefit in the united states for it the one thing i did learn after the fact is if you're going to donate that many comics you should get them appraised because i did not get the full value for tax purposes because at a certain level you have to have it appraised by someone huh there's a certain number where you have to have an expert appraise your collection before you donate at this it. point i feel the need to point out we are not tax advisors. No, no. I'm just telling you what my accountant told me. After yeah, the fact. we know nothing. <laughs> when I told him, hey, I donated all these comics. He goes, great. Where's the appraisal form? And I was like, what? And uh, that's, how I talked to my, that's how I talked to my accountant. <laughs> what? And uh, <laughs> he said, uh, anyway. And then you did a little screwy thing on the, on the steering wheel of your TIE fighter. <laughs> so, what? so find a place. Call them. See if they take comics. If you've got a ton, you might want to get it appraised. If you don't really care about that, you can just take them, drop them. It's, it's a very simple process compared to how the process it took to accumulate your comics. So, uh, why am I the only one who still has his comics? Isn't it strange considering? I'm a contradiction. We've learned that. <laughs> I want. I feel like I want to get something for them. What do you mean? But I don't know. Like I feel like like a medal. Yeah. No. All <laughs> credit. I just. I. I. I like. I know that if I took the time and sold them like on eBay or something like that, I could do just fine. But I will never take that time. You would, you honestly, you get this, you get the same amount of benefit in tax. Right well, off right. If I got them appraised. Yeah, but you can just. I mean, I'm, I'm. Yeah. I mean, even if you didn't, it wasn't. Anyway, let's talk about this offline. No, let's do it now. Now, looking at my 1040 easy, <laughs> I'm way past the 1040 easy. I know that much. Especially now with the change in the tax laws. Who appraises comics? Maybe uh, someone who runs an antique store or uh, or comic uh, shop. I, I I didn't find it. I didn't go into details because I, it was the yeah, the, no, yeah, the horses that left Sorry. the barn. So I didn't ask him, but I assume you could probably ask an accountant, and they would tell you maybe a guy, someone who runs a comic shop or someone who runs an antique store or something like that. All right. But anyway, that's that's to, to maximize your return on your. your I, I owe my accountant two hundred fifty dollars. So I keep forgetting that. <laughs> Should we talk more about your personal finances while we're recording the show, or do you I want like, to keep going? I, I like that the show's running over. We were doing awesome, and now I feel like I'm purposefully derailing it. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Well, then do you want to do another goddamn email since we're already long? Kind of. Joe from Seattle. I've been thinking about this since Connor asked, can't our heroes just be heroes and our villains just be villains? So I guess not too long. Sorry. I was rereading Hickman's... It's not your fault, Joe. I was rereading Hickman's Avengers run and came to an arc where suddenly Cap was not his normal self, but instead he was old man Steve. I forgot about old man Steve. I paused and thought, I can't remember what was going on with Steve at the time that caused him to grow old, like when Spider-Man in his own book and the Avengers was possessed for a while by Dr. Octopus. I find it distracting to reread these old team books and account for many of the unexplained character changes. My question, what if we had a standing rule at Marvel and DC that the characters on the big team books should always be their iconic selves, regardless of what was going on in the solo books? Would this work? Would you like it better? We'll never be happy. <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's the actual answer. Yeah. I mean, like, any of these things that we say, there are exceptions if they're done well. Mm-hmm. That's what, like, I, I want to be like, yeah, that is the way we should do it. But no, like, I'm never going to be happy. Execution is the only, the only thing that really Execution is the only thing. And, and, like, I remember being a kid and comics were completely different and the world was different. And I was a different person because I was a kid. But, like, I would pick up random issue of Fantastic Four or whatever and the, the, the thing was all pointy rock. Yeah. And I thought, that's weird. But in that instance, instead of that being confusing, it spurred me on to be like, what's going on here? And I would read more. That's because you had the wonder and excitement of a child. You had the um, joy inside your heart. If everybody was always the same, if there was a uh, bog standard form of Captain America that you were had to write all the time in everything, that would get boring. And we would say, why doesn't somebody else do this the other way? I know it. I would say that, I would say that somewhat it already happens. And that sure. the team books only use those changes if, I guess, if they're told to or if they decide it's interesting. But, like, quite often something will be happening in a regular solo book and it's not reflected at all in the team book. A lot. Mm-hmm. It happens less now because, as you said, comics are different and everything has to be exactly right in terms of continuity. <laughs> I realize I'm saying that and laughing. But, like, if, if you had a book where the thing turned green... And then if he had a solo book, he turned green in the solo book, but he wasn't green in the team book, people would freak out. But, you know, they don't always do that. I'm of two minds. The fact is execution is really the answer because the the thing is, like, I'm kind of cool with that chaos unless it confuses me or I don't like it. <laughs> I like it unless I don't like it. I mean, really? Like, that is the comic so fan's I can, credo. I sign the thing where we say, I don't, I don't like that, you know, uh, the Flash and, and Wally and Barry are fighting with each other. Because I don't like it, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean that somebody else isn't into it, or that you wouldn't read back. You know, like somebody else doesn't find that compelling. But I can decide. Listen, why don't they just make them get along? It's no wonder that there's a periodic comic book creator flame out on social media because they have. There's, oh, yeah. just, there's no winning. None. No, and that's that's totally. It has to drive them crazy. Let's look at. Max Bemis right now. He yeah. hasn't had a flame out. I don't know anything about him. I assume he's on Twitter. It doesn't matter. He's doing a book uh, about a beloved, beloved character named Moon Knight. He's done three distinctly different kinds of stories in that. Mm-hmm. We have liked that. Yeah. Somebody else, there are thousands of people out there somewhere who are saying, you're ruining Moon Knight. Right. Let's look at, look at, look at Ron Mars. Here's an actual example. You know, this is a guy who created a Green Lantern called Kyle Rayner that people created. Hold on, I got to spit. I know. Sorry. <laughs> and you're, you're, Connor, you're reasonable. In fact, you probably know in your heart that if you read those Kyle Rayner, he's really oh, I'm sure they were great. 
They are. I'm sure. They were, they were like, they were the first sort of ongoing Green Lantern that I read. And I really liked that character. But there's, you know, there's a group of people who hate him to this day. And that was 25 years ago. People who still to this day bother him on social media about how he ruined Green Lantern. Yeah. You know, that's a guy who can't win. Now, he has a very good attitude about it, and it's fuck you. <laughs> and I love that, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It takes it takes an enormous fortitude to be able to do this job, I'm sure. Anyway, I the would, point is, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I mean, I think it already kind of happens, so I don't need a rule that mandates it. I think <laughs> that writers and artists will choose what makes to them the most interesting story, and if it means making Superman blue... In the JLA books, it means making Superman blue. Now, I don't think they made that choice. I think that was probably a DC mandate. But Grant Morse found a way to make it interesting. Yeah. So execution Whatever. Key. It's, it's fine. Easy. Execution is the most important thing. Yep. I wouldn't really be in favor of any rule that sort of stifled creativity. No. Yeah. And like, I mean, like, we're all in this thing where... Unless that rule is Alfred should always have two hands at any given time. That's a rule. At least two hands. Yeah. At least... <laughs> So you're, you're not ruling out. I'm not ruling out a third hand. I'm saying okay. at all times, minimum of two hands. It's hard to scratch your back sometimes. <laughs> but if like like if I'm a writer who's been writing comics professionally for ten years and I finally get to you know write Spider Man, mm-hmm. maybe I don't want to do a regular Spider Man story. Maybe I want to do this other one that's been in my head. You should be able to do that. You earned it if you got a Spider Man. You can sell the pitch. Doesn't mean I'm gonna like it, but I might. I don't want to put rules on people. I just want them to do the best work they can. We're ne- everyone's not going to be happy. We're not always going to be happy. You know, this is all badinage. Yeah. I haven't gotten to ever use that word. <laughs> so contact at ifanboy.com. Oh. That's where Wakanda and Joe both wrote in to say, hey, I've got questions. And we said, hey, we have dumb answers for your questions. What did you see in your head when I said the word badinage? Like an old, a woman in like an Old West outfit with like the bodice and the frilly sort of lace coming out of her her sleeves and a hat i saw the same thing but it was tommy lee jones because <laughs> it's from jfk batonage look in there you know anyway <laughs> <laughs> you heard echoes uh, uh, uh. Did you do the email the email is contacted at fanboy.com right there it's a turkey shoot it's a turkey shoot turkey, turkey shoot turkey shoot Turkey shoot. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> I'm having a hard time focusing this week. And that <sighs> you don't know, Connor, because you never. <laughs> Booksplode was the podcast we did on Brian Bendis and David Finch. Is it David Finch? Yes, David Finch. New Avengers, the first volume of, of his. Did he draw the whole thing? He drew the whole thing. David Finch, yeah. He drew that story. The next yeah. one is driven, is written, uh, drawn by McNiven. Uh, volume right. two, which I have read, by the way, just recently. I finished it today. Volume one breakout. Connor and I talk about that. We revisit that book after quite a few years, and uh, it, we had a pleasant experience. It was fun. I liked the yep. reading it. I liked talking about it. Check that out. Booksplode. Also, uh, behind this show on the feed, you can find further back our Deadpool 2 show, in which we had a full full boat. It was me, and it was our old co-host, Ron, and it was Mike Romo, and it was Ryan Haupt talking about Deadpool 2. I'm going tomorrow. And we had a good time talking about it. Also, behind the show, directly behind the show, which usurped this show's position of the 900th episode, Solo, a Star Wars story podcast. When you can listen to Josh and Ron and I talk about Solo. We haven't done it yet, so I have, I have no commentary on it. <laughs> what is it? Is something wrong? Is it my kids? No, it's your 900th podcast. <laughs> I, and then we, we are probably on a special edition break until Ant-Man and the Wasp in July. I believe that's the case. I don't think there's anything going on in June. 
I saw that. I saw the newest trailer yesterday. Mm-hmm. That looks that looks really good. You're you're gonna. I think you're you're gonna enjoy it. You're a big Ant Man fan. I really I enjoyed that flick, but I, I thought it was. I was like, oh, that's gonna be really fun. Just to reiterate, Luke Cage. The next season comes out in June. We are no longer doing TV podcasts for, unless something changes. So save your emails and tweets and all that stuff. So the next special edition podcast. We'll probably be Ant-Man and the Wasp in July, unless something happens in between. But there you go. That's what we can look forward to. Those are all over at ifanboy.com, where you can find all of our podcasts, all 900 audio shows, and however many hundred video shows, which, spoiler alert, we're slowly adding back to the website. Because when we changed websites, we changed providers, we upgraded, we lost our old players, so we've been slowly adding back in our video player. So you can find many of the video shows watchable over on ifanboy.com if you look on the, the, the tab for video podcasts. Uh, you may not know we had video podcasts for many years, but we did for a long, long time. And also, find out what the pick is before the show comes out by liking Facebook at, uh, liking ifanboy at facebook.com slash ifanboy and following us uh, at ifanboy on Twitter. And individually, we are Jay Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and C.S. Kilpatrick on Instagram. If you like the show, you should tell people about it. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave the star rating. Do something, for God's sakes. Get off your worthless ass. <laughs> oh, God. And I mean, make something of us. Not of yourself, but of us. <laughs> With your words, unless you're going to do it poorly. And then in which case, don't bother. Because if a job isn't worth being done, then you don't do it. Sorry, I don't, I don't know what happened there. Are you having I, a day? I Jack Arnold. Oh, you Jack, you Jack Arnold. Dude. Yeah, I, I dadded out a little bit there. Yeah, that do those things. The word of mouth is really the, the way that people hear about the show uh, and when people recommend us to other folks who are looking for something that this might fit their tastes, uh, that's always a good thing, and we appreciate that everyone, everyone who does that. You are the people, and uh, that is all. This has been a long show. It's my fault. My it, fault, specific fault. It is your fault. Yep. So, let's go. Next week, we'll be back. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I have wandered through this world And as each moment has unfurled I've been waiting to awaken from these dreams People go just where they will I never noticed them until I got this feeling That it's later than it seems Doctor, my